0: This is Sports for Dummies, a sports podcast by Southwest News Media. I'm Eric Croucher with Todd Ablin and Dan Huss. Tom Chardon is off this week. For the week of December 28th, 2018, we're talking about Girls High School Hockey League and where it has been the last 25 years and whether basketball sections should be seated statewide. Well, what would you guys get for Christmas uh, this week? Anything exciting?
1: Well, I just wrote about a a gift I got maybe 40-some years ago, a gift I didn't get 40-some years ago. It was uh, the BB gun I should have had. <laughs> and I remember that. I think about that every time I watch A Christmas Story and Ralphie's quest for his BB gun. But... Uh, my brother, who's 18 months younger than I am, got a BB gun from my grandma and grandpa. I was confident. I was sure I was going to get that same BB gun, and I received a sleeping bag, Ooh. which is nothing like a BB gun.
0: <laughs> what what kind did you get 40 years later? Is it they still make Red Riders?
1: They still make Red oh. Daisy Red Riders. Daisy Red Rider. So you got one this
2: year? BB gun, or I got a shotgun. Oh, this year. oh, wow, well. awesome. Close enough, I mean. I got the uh, Nintendo Classic System, uh, with the great games of Super Mario Brothers, uh, Zelda, Punch-Out, uh, oh, wow. Bike, I think yeah, it's... so many yeah. of them. Yeah, so, got that, got to play that uh, the last few days, and uh, get back to childhood. Zelda was always my favorite, and I got back into it pretty hardcore this past week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, just like Dan, uh... The gift that I didn't get two years ago because my wife couldn't find it and instead bought me a toaster oven, <laughs> which is still in the box. Um, I also got the Nintendo Classic, and I have come to realize at the age of 37 that I am not very good at video games anymore. I can't even get past the first like round of Ninja Gaiden and... What was the other one I was playing? Um, oh, Super Contra, which I think is Super C in the new classic uh, version. So... Yeah, kind of fun. Relive in the past, thinking about childhoods and how much time played Nintendo.
2: How long did it take you to get back into realizing how to play the games and the and the strategy to all the games? They come back pretty fast. No, or? not
0: at all. Uh, yeah, at least the Nintendo controller. There's like two buttons. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it's not as complicated as the the PlayStation or the Xbox or something, but. I think I need some more time uh, with it to kind of get it, but it's kind of fun with, you know, we at least Todd and I have younger kids, um, play, you know, kind of showing them uh, the, the ropes and stuff and kind of showing them our, our kids, uh, what we did as kids. So that, that's a fun aspect too, is kind of mm-hmm. sharing it with them and I just need a second controller and something the cord needs to be a little longer yeah. than three feet so we'll get we'll, we'll spend a bunch more money, uh, money on extensions and a second controller and then we'll get there so right. but, yeah well everyone's always favorite topic this time of the year is resolutions for 2019 anybody got anything or excited excited for anything in 2019 like the Vikings playoffs wait <laughs> we'll have get, still have to get there but what excites you guys for 2019 Nothing apparently. Nothing
2: really. Just plowing ahead with what's going on.
0: Minnesota Twins. They just
2: signed Nelson Cruz. Did they really this morning? So breaking news. Does that excite you?
0: Uh, Well, excites me more than Logan Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) The golfers should be pretty good
1: next year or better. Football. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a nice win yesterday. Absolutely. I you know I don't know if Georgia Tech. you, You look at that team and you wonder how that team won seven games, but. With the the, this kind of style offense, they run the triple option, but uh, defensively saw a lot of good things from the Gophers. They're you know three of the last four games, and so yeah, you you hope they can take the next step, be back around New Year's Day bowl, but
2: Uh, PJ Flex says the quarterback position is open competition with the the two returning guys and the two new guys with Eden Prairie's Cole Kramer. How much of a chance does he have to play at all next year?
1: I would I mean he's he's part of the competition. I mean I th- I think he's better. I mean he I don't think at Eden Prairie Eden Prairie quarterbacks don't get to show what they're truly capable because they're not asked to do a bunch but Cole set the record for most yards passed and I mean he had a great career.
0: I I think it'd be really hard. You, you put a C on the current quarterback Tanner Morgan's chest really hard as a to be juniored to take him out of the starting line. But yeah, I figured that once he showed some success, you only know, they win a bowl game, they beat Wisconsin, it's, you know, it's his job to lose. And I think you just, you say that as coach speak to try to get Tanner Morgan to try to elevate his game a little bit more the next, you know, eight months before the season starts again. But you know, I said, when when Morgan came on the field, Annex time as a Gopher was, you know, I mean, you gave a scholarship to a kid you have a walk on. That scholarship kid is probably gonna elevate himself, you know, past everyone else. So But it'll be fun to watch. I mean, I know they got a kid coming in from Texas and I think both folks kids are enrolling in January. In January, yeah. And that's kind of the new norm here is that a lot of these kids are getting those spring practices in and you know, I think you look all the talk this year with this team was uh Youngest team in the nation. Well, I mean, true freshmen do play in, uh, in a program like Minnesota. So getting in in January versus getting in in August can make a big difference. So, well, yeah, that's there's a lot to be excited for, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, we're going to switch gears here uh, and go back into the high school realm. Talk about a couple things that uh, come to mind, uh, you know, kind of hot topics maybe uh, this year. Girls' hockey in the state of Minnesota is going to be celebrating its 25th anniversary, and uh, what do you guys what do you guys see as as steps over the years that you guys are watching you know the level of play competition? What do you guys see as, as steps they've made, and then on the you know flip side, what what about the sport needs to change for it to to grow again?
1: Well, when I started with the paper Eden Prairie and Chaska had a, a co-op team okay. and, and the girls that were playing were not that far f- removed from figure skating yeah. I mean th- for a lot of them this was you know they were one in two years into wearing hockey skates and the game was a lot different back then I mean yeah. shots rarely left the ice you know goalies mm-hmm. made saves if they were in front of the puck <laughs> but they didn't move yeah. in the crease very well I mean just the level of play now is I mean it, you can't even compare it
2: yeah, back then, 25 years ago, if you had one dominant player or one really good line, you were going to be a good team. Mm-hmm. Now you need depth. You need yeah. to have one really good line, a second line that's good, and a third line that can compete and not lose you the game. And you got to have a goalie now, too, otherwise you're in trouble. So that's the biggest difference, that the depth of the teams are much better.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I, mean, I see that as maybe the biggest biggest issue the sport faces in Minnesota is that you have the top programs have three, four lines, and everyone else is searching, you know, for that kind of depth. And so that's where you're seeing co-ops. I know Chaska Chanis, and they skated four lines uh, in the season over against Minneapolis. You know, first game of the year, so you want to see some things. But if you want to compete with the Eden Prairies and Minnetonkas in this section, I mean, if you split Chaska and and there's no way they're skating four lines. They're skating two lines, and how do you compete? And so, I think that's probably where we see a lot of. There's always two or three teams in the conversation for a state t- uh, title, and everybody else is you know because who can who can keep up with Adina? Who can keep up with Blake School? Um, you know, when Mintaka went through their years, they had outstanding goaltending, defense, and they won with you know they won that way, and they just scored enough goals, but. Nowadays, pretty tough with the Dynes and the Blake schools.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the biggest issue of girls hockey right now is just participation. You yeah. got big schools that are having a co-op just to field, like Jessica Chan. Bloomington's got a co-op.
1: Hopkins.
2: Hopkins has got a co-op. So there's the biggest, some of the biggest schools in the state can't field one team. They got to go outside their district to find. So that's the biggest problem with girls hockey is this participation is not there. That's they got to build that from the ground up. They can't just there's no magic way to fix that
1: why isn't that there though Uh,
2: that's a good question cost probably the most likely my daughter plays hockey in bloomington at the 8u level and we've got i think we have 60 to 70 kids at the 8u level which is a good number but you go from the 8u level where we have 60 kids up to the 10u level where we only got 30 kids so you lose kids right there um Half the kids right there in Bloomington, so I'm sure that's happening in other associations is it, too.
1: Is it cost or is it specialization or
2: cost time time specialization? You know, you start at 8 U level and it's tough. for You to get the girls and, and boys too. They're out there. Some of the parents probably start them too early, like at five and six, when they can't skate. So the kids are out there just falling down and not enjoying themselves. So they say, "I don't want to play anymore." So if you could probably, this is what I, did. I started with my my daughter late. She's 9, we didn't put her on the program until she was 7, okay. where she I knew she could actually skate and enjoy herself. And there's a lot of, at least in Bloomington, we have, of the 60 kids, or are probably 10 to 15 that can't skate, and they just stand there on the blue line. So that's, staying there for an hour,
0: falling down, and getting back up is no fun, so. And I think with increased skill, it really weeds out the bottom, you know, the, the, the girls who, are, like my sister, most unathletic person you could ever find. Well, she played ring at back in the, the 90s. Because you just, you didn't have to be athletic. You just had to be able to stay on your, your feet, put a stick, you know, between a ring and slide it across the ice. And nowadays you have to be so skilled and you have to be, you know, the speed of the game has changed so much that you're almost taking out half of the girls who used to play because they just can't keep up with that, that level and it, it's not just varsity. You know, and I think you're seeing so many more girls being brought up from U12, U15 to fill out varsity rosters. And what does that do to a seventh, eighth grader when you're pulling up? You know, like in a Red Wing, it might work because they're used to it. But if you're bringing up kids too early, too fast, uh, you know, confidence-wise, are they ready? And so it's one of those like, you know, it's great to see the skill increase. And um, but I, I, I do think that we're seeing. We're seeing some some changes in numbers that are heading the wrong way. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, they look like uh, how would Natalie Darwitz and Chrissy Wendell do these the, they, They'd still be dominant, but they I want to put up they team. want to put up the numbers they put up twenty years ago. Correct. So that's the level of play. as there still would be those two would still be dominant? still yep. be scoring and making their points, but I don't how do, They wouldn't be scoring as much as those two did. No,
1: but still most every really top-end team has a top-end player right yeah i mean a miss hockey candidate or something yeah right
0: well we'll uh we'll kind of be watching uh girls hockey throughout the year here and i know our our section is pretty wide open there's a lot of teams that that could make it shockby made a nice run to the section finals manitake and prairie have always been there holy families uh going to be very good in a couple of years. They, they, all ninth and tenth graders, and um, so a lot of them have come from through breakaway. So it'll be kind of a fun, uh, fun section to watch this year as we kind of have that wide openness. But uh, all
2: right, Who's, who is the number one seed right now? Would it be Eden Prairie or minute, Minnetonka.
1: Well, Eden Prairie and Minnetonka potentially play three times, still, yeah. so that
2: so it's still up in the air. It's still Yet to be determined. Yeah.
0: Min- Minnetonka's got the biggest win. They beat then undefeated number one and over, but they've slipped a few times. They're scoring they're good goaltending, good defense. Uh, scoring is up and down, but Minnetonka hammered Chaska Chan pretty good. So at this point, I'd probably say Minnetonka just their body work. But it's, well, Risa,
1: I mean Eden Prairie just beat Maple Grove, and Maple Grove just beat Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. so. But that, like I said, they play each other potentially they, three yeah. times. So yeah, it'll be Minnetaki
0: attacking the Empre. Whoever whoever wins the most amount of games, there right, you know. right. All right, shot clocks. We this year we got uh, we got arcs underneath the baskets for uh, you know to like guess stem charging calls underneath the baskets. At like uh, one of the ads in my area told me it was like nine hundred dollars to put these things in, and that was just straight tape making it our stuff to make it cost $900 to paint the floors repaint the floors like 13,000 so on that note shot clocks obviously it's been a hot topic for years dating back to the Hopkins shot game Uh, does the state of Minnesota need shot clocks is do we need do we need shot clocks at the
1: high school level I would say they probably should but that the argument gets back to money and it's not just the clock itself it's you got to hire somebody to operate it and that's that's a problem for a lot of places I mean Eden Prairie doesn't even have someone to operate their their score I mean you can't see how many points so and so has because they don't have somebody doing that right
2: I think it most likely should happen is it gonna happen not soon it might go in steps where state tournament might have it, and then you go add the sections, and then you'll go in the mm-hmm. regular season. But it's to I think it's got to happen just better for the flow of the game. No one wants to see what happens with Shockby and Hopkins in the state tournament a couple of years ago where Hopkins held the ball for, what was it, 15 minutes straight yeah. with, and couldn't score at the end. So um, I think it's got to happen. I think it would be better for the game. But is it going to happen? Probably
0: not. Would it change things? I mean, the to- – Oh, the current game is run outside of maybe the last minute maybe minute two it, would it I mean well, do you guys see it do you guys I don't know if it's changing of,
2: but this well this is I don't know this past week Shockby girls basketball played Jefferson the game was 36-25 or 36-27 something like that they scored it was 13-11 at halftime oh man so and I don't I wasn't able to talk to the coach because it's Christmas I don't know if it was because Jefferson was holding the ball against him because I know Shockby wants to play fast yeah Or if it was just tough basketball and things weren't going in, my my thinking is that Jefferson kind of held the ball. So was that been better for that game to be able to get shots off and get going? Yeah, who no one wants to see twenty-four points in a first half.
0: Yeah, I I I just watch the pace of games nowadays and uh, the whole old method of, all right, pass 10 times before we take a shot, just is not there. Anymore. No, I think so, most coaches want to play fast and yeah. get going. And So, I mean, I, I think it it's only going to come into play maybe 5% of a game. But, you know, I look at the end of the games and, you know, sometimes it's a one-possession game and there's two minutes left and teams are holding or, you know, are just running the stall play and you're like, come on, like, this should be an exciting finish to a game. And it kind of, because there's a timeout, and right. there's a, you know, it's just it, one of those things where it kind of sucks some of the life out of what should be a really fun finish. Right. Now if somebody makes a last second shot, it, you know, elevates it again. But I, I do think, you know, it's going to be a tough decision and a decision that the state high school league is going to get some drawback from, from or criticism from, you know, like smaller districts. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of our districts probably can afford uh before yeah. things. Well, but then you'd say just varsity because then, do you, have, you know, some players, you know, they play at a back gym. Do you have a 9A team do that? Or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably not, but...
1: Is it that different if they just use the shot clock during section tournaments and state tournaments? You know, they... Just like football, I mean, you only play section games or section final games on turf fields or something so that's a little different yeah, in, yeah. in tennis all those you don't play indoors all season all of a sudden you get to the state tournament and you're indoors yeah. that's yeah. a different i think that's a, even a bigger difference sure
2: Well, wow. i don't know does does it work you ever go to a game and watch someone try to kill two minutes off do they ever get to hold the ball for two minutes if no one's guarding if they're trying to the other team comes out and guards them seems like they always, always turn, turn the ball turn over and it doesn't or work or... so Maybe coaches have got to come out and defend a little, a little bit different.
0: harder. And, and yeah, the, it's probably what should happen. <laughs> I, think, I think they're afraid that they're gonna foul or they're gonna right. they're gonna you know create something that allows the other team to, to score easily. And so there's that, that catch twenty two. You, you brought up you know uh, section play, and we're we're talking you know section two in so many of our sports is such um, a deep. Deep tournament, and you know the teams that we we look at this week. Uh, boys basketball tournament in Prairie, you know, Shock could be Chaska. One of those teams could be a five seed, and they've been ranked this year. And you know, is is it time for basketball to go to like a sixty-four team seeded bracket, like football does with their the six A? Is it feasible? I mean, football we have one one game a week. This one you might have like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Friday kind of thing, so it's not that bad for travel. But I mean, no. well,
2: football can get away with it because all thirty-two teams are in the metro area, yes. so the farthest travel would 28 be teams. twenty-eight <laughs> teams. Farthest travel would probably be Lakeville South. I have to go up to Blaine. Mm-hmm. You know, in basketball, you got four uh, A schools from Rochester to Duluth to Moorhead. Morehead. So it could end up where uh, Rochester has to go to Moorhead for a for a game, but you could mitigate that by finding they could play in St. Cloud for like say it's the section final sure. or
1: something. So. Um, but those won- Rochester and Moorhead, they would not be in favor of this no. No. at all. No. no, you know it gets back to do you want the best teams in the state tournament or do you want to representative of the state in the state tournament
2: and I think the high school league always says we want a geographical representation and the only way they did it for football was because it was all metro teams yep. so they didn't need the representation from throughout
1: the state but I think when they did it in football I think that did create a lot more excitement I think there was more people interested I mean they're almost to the point where they can have a bracket unveiling yes
2: yeah, they talked about that, but yeah. I don't know if it would work in basketball. Would like to, I would like to see it and I think it's it's possible if you get the logistics out, but I don't think the high school league will ever, because they want their representation. They don't want to see a class four A basketball with Eden Prairie, Dinah, Prior Lake, East Ridge in there and no representation from Moorhead or Bemidji or Rochester.
0: Would it change I mean would it you know, would it really change much? Like let's say let's say Shaka Bichaska, Dinah are the five seed instead of playing one of those two teams versus a four or five seed from the East Metro, would it be that big of a difference? Whereas I mean, I, I like a football and there is a big difference right. between, you know, section four and, and section six, you know, a team like, uh, you know, like Maple Grove, you know, a five, six seed in one section. I mean, they might be a three seed and some others. I mean, does it, is, it that, is there that much difference I mean, I know we we cover this area and there's a lot of good basketball, but is a four-seed in the East Metro going to be that much worse than a, than a four-seed here? Probably not, right? No.
2: It should be a tough matchup, 4-5, or whoever gets that seed.
0: Might almost, it might almost be, like, for the top seeds. <laughs> not having to face, you know, uh, like a Bloomington-Jefferson, it'll be like a 7-8 seed this year. And while they're not as good as they have been in the past, it's still a program that... Any given day, and slow the game down, play that type style, and pull out a 45 to 44, you know, win. So right. I think it's almost, it almost would benefit. Like the seeding would almost benefit, like uh, like our one two seeds over here more than what our, right. our four or five seeds. But it'll be something that I mean I, I think hockey is probably worse than basketball just because of the amount of talent. Right. right? Minnetonka, Eden Prairie most years, you know, at this point at least, are top eight teams in the state. I mean, Holy Family Holy Family last year gave Minnetonka as good of a fight as anybody and that was in the section final. Right. You know, I mean imagine that game, you know, Minnetonka scoring two seconds left in the regulation in the ch- state championship. It would have gone bonkers at XL you, said, <laughs> you know, so hockey might be the one that but again that you're dealing with and we might not have somebody from uh, the, we're not going to have the Moorheads, we're not going to have the Duluthies. the you know, right. the Grand Rapids, so.
1: Well, look, in cross country, you might have five of the top yeah. six teams yeah. all in the same section. So, I mean, where yeah. does it stop? You know, do you do it for all the sports? I mean, if you did it for one, the other sports are going to come knocking at the door. Yeah. They pr- and that's pr- they probably already are. I mean, the coaches, the basketball coaches association yeah. has already. Basketball coaches have asked for it the last couple correct. of years in the high school league. Says
2: we're not interested. So. Yeah. Might
0: be a one, might be a one t- uh, time deal with six uh, A football. Right. As Dan said, there's four spots available. So anybody. Especially if everyone keeps dropping down you, from Class Six A football. If you guys want to get in, Six A football will take you. I think so. Well, anything anything happening uh, event wise next week or so that stands on your mind? We got the you know got some holiday tournaments running this week. Uh, you know Monday Tuesday kind of a wash unless you're playing in the four team Schwanz Gold <laughs> division.
2: I'll I'll touch on uh, it's a big couple weeks the next ten days for wrestling. Uh, it was supposed to be a big up and rumble in the red, but the weather has knocked some teams from going out. I know Shockby's was supposed to go up there, but they're not going up there anymore. Scott West is still going up there as of now, I believe. But the following week is the Clash. They call it the National Wrestling Tournament, dual tournament. You get teams from all over the country coming in, playing at get Shakopee, um, Apple Valley. I got a list here. Let me see. Uh, uh, St. Michael and oco Then you got teams from like California, Vacaville, Illinois Carl Sandburg, Oak Park River Forest, which is number 43 in the country all coming in. So that okay. takes place at Rochester next week.
0: Cool. Yeah, we were just talking well, about Well, it's yeah. it's
1: not the clash, but <laughs> uh, Eden Prairie and Minnetonka wrestle a, a dual match that Thursday after school gets back, and the winner of that doesn't necessarily mean they will be the section champion, but they will have the top seed going into the section tournament. Which...
0: Somebody's got to win that. <laughs> Manteca's won it three years in a row, and but uh, and Man-tonga looked pretty good the other day when they wrestled Chaska and Now, so but yeah, that, that that'll be the number one seed <laughs> most definitely.
1: And I I still don't know how good Eden Prairie is because I haven't seen a full lineup. I mean, they've got a lot of holes in their lineup, and and they keep saying there'll be a different team come February than they are now, but. At some point, you got to see what yeah, they I see. are.
0: Well, I, you know, we are talking about conference play begins here in the next couple of weeks, so that's always kind of a fun time to, uh, like you said, see those natural uh, league uh, matchups. Um, so we'll be watching for that the next couple of weeks. I know uh, there'll be boys basketball in the Metro West Conference will be, you know, kind of a fun race. Robbinsdale Cooper and Chaska had some... Exciting uh, contest last year, so it'll be interesting to watch uh, watch how that that's handled this year. And but,
2: uh, Chaska yeah. the favorite in the Metro West, or is it Cooper?
0: That uh, depends on which Chaska team. <laughs> in there. I mean, Chaska's beaten Lakeville North, and uh, they also beat uh, oh geez, another top ten team. Chaska beat. Well, they beat Chaska. they also beat? Yeah, okay, those other two. Um, and they've played right there with Prior Lake and Eastview. Uh, but and they had a chance, they didn't play a good game last week against YZ and they still were up with a couple minutes to go. So I think they have the pedigree to win that conference, but Brownsville Cooper is really athletic and you have to have depth against a team like that. I don't know if Chaska does, but 14-game schedule, so a lot, yeah. of, a lot of games yeah. ahead. That's it for Sports for Dummies. I'm Eric Croucher with Todd Ablin and Dan Huss. Tom Shardin is off this week. Our producer is Rachel Minsky. To learn more about the stories discussed today, visit southwestnewsmedia.com. Thanks for listening.